The Denver Broncos are back in the win column, sitting at 500 after a 17-10 victory against the Washington football team. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we recap the game. We take a look at the bad from the win. We take a look at the good from the win and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow, subscribe, free and available everywhere on your favorite podcasting provider. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. And don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content coverage. Sarah, hey, look, my friend, it is Victory Monday. I feel like it's been a while since we've had one of these things. The Broncos back in the win column at home. And I tell you what, it was not pretty. There were some moments, some good moments, some bad moments. Uh, but ultimately, look, the only thing that matters at the end of the day, the Broncos come away with a victory. But there's a lot we got to break down from this game from all standpoints of good and bad. We do. We do. We have a lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack from this game, Cody. It was one of the weirdest victories that I think I've ever watched for the Denver Broncos I mean definitely from start to finish it just felt like I don't know it just it didn't it feels right now sitting here talking about the game with you it feels like the Broncos lost to me just like all the stuff that transpired all the things that stand out from the game are things that usually would stand out in a loss but here we are man four and four we'll see how this impacts trade deadline stuff we'll see how this impacts just the the overall vibe with the team it was a it was a much needed desperately needed victory. Hey, and I thought Justin Simmons did a really good job in his post-game press conference too, really talking about, he said, you know, we could come up here every week and say, hey, you know, here's what we're going to do to win, have a motivational speech. He's like, but you know, the reality is we have to go out there and we have to do it. And that's exactly what they did. And I feel like Justin was one of those players that kind of took things into his hands in this game, pun intended, coming away with two <laughs> interceptions here for the Broncos defense. But, you know, really in this game too, the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke, I mean, it is a pretty tough offense. Terry McLaurin was entering this game with having three games, I mean, three games so far this season of over 100 yards or more and a touchdown catch, and the Broncos limited him in a big way. He was the one guy I think we were worried about in our keys to the victory. You know, a couple days ago on lockdown, Broncos really talking about, hey, you have to watch out for this guy. And they really limited him to limited action in this game, Sarah, and going through it right now and looking at it. I mean, from the receiving standpoint, he only had three catches on seven targets and only 23 yards. And Patrick Sertan, the second, he had a lot of coverage on him there but the story here let's focus on the Broncos defense it was coming into this game can the Broncos stop the run after being gashed by the Cleveland Browns and a lot of that was due to their linebacker depth was due to some injuries on the defensive front seven but the Broncos run defense was a lot better we'll focus on them a little bit more in depth a little bit later here but the Broncos defense like I said two interceptions takeaways were key five sacks on the day very productive effort after getting after Taylor Heineke who we talked about could hurt you with the you know on the ground with his legs let's get to the Broncos offense so obviously seven 17 points. Melvin Gordon, he, he had 14 of them. Uh, he had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown 
in general here, what was your general thoughts on the Broncos offense in this game against the Washington football team? Oh, man, uh, just a big woof from me, Cody. I mean, it's Halloween, and I saw a number of guys out there <laughs> dressed up like, you know, Michael Myers that were, you know, they, they were less frightening than the Denver Broncos offense in this game. It, it was definitely tough to watch. I mean, and I vented some frustrations on Twitter, which I should stay off Twitter during games, Cody. You got to remind me. You got to send me a text or something. I'm getting there, but, too, man, where it's frustrating just watching. <laughs> the offense I, i'm with you there yeah it is it's very frustrating it's kind of like if you've ever played like a game like balls or something on your phone and you, you go you just get, take a terrible angle and you're going side to side side to side side to side and it's just like it, it's just maddening like pong you know you can't get anywhere it's horizontal all the time that's what i feel like to, it, pat Shermer is calling just horizontal plays every single time guys running back to the line of scrimmage to catch passes plays designed short of the sticks Nobody getting opportunities at yards after the catch. Teddy Bridgewater just consistently not playing well enough, in my opinion. So it's it, it, it's it's very, very frustrating. I mean, it's it's tough to almost collect your thoughts after a performance like that. I mean, you know, when you look at the stat sheet, too, in the box score, when you look at Teddy Bridgewater, anybody that would have not watched the game, but they look at it like, oh, you know, it looks like Teddy played a pretty well game. No, I mean, I, I was frustrated with the standpoint, not just the play calling, but Teddy's decision, too. And, we, and we're going to get into this coming up here in just a moment. But just the overall decision-making process here from Teddy Bridgewater was very impactful in the Broncos offense. And look, blame goes on him. The offensive line had moments where they let down two. Running backs obviously had a couple of issues, dropping the ball, fumbling. You know, we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Play calling was just, as you said, I mean, it was abysmal. It's not fun to watch. There's no creativity in the Broncos offense. But let's talk about the final minute here. The Broncos, Justin Simmons comes away with an interception. And you would imagine at this point, Washington still has all their timeouts. Okay, you know what? The Broncos, they have this game in the bag. There's just a little bit over a minute left in the game. All you have to do is run three plays punt the ball away and then Washington's not gonna have any timeouts and you can just go out and, and you can maybe secure a defensive win by playing prevent defense late in the game and what we see is the Broncos they run the ball get a couple yards on the first down play second down a play action bootleg where Teddy Bridgewater is rolling out to his right a passing play which is surprising Vic said in the press conference that the offensive coaching staff was calling for that that it was going to be open they felt like it could work but he ends up throwing it it's incomplete the clock stops and then Melvin Gordon off the right side, fumbles the football, Washington recovers, and all of a sudden I was sitting there staring. I was like, what is going on? Like, what are they doing? This is ineptitude at its finest. This is not Broncos football. And I know it's been that way for the last five years in terms of the offense struggling, but Sarah, what we saw today, that is not Broncos football that Broncos country deserves. No. Was anybody else reminded of that Chicago Bears-Denver Broncos game oh, from like 10 years ago? You wasn't know, it Mary Marion Barber running out of bounds and, and everything just kind of falling in the Broncos favor. And, and those were obviously at the time, two really bad teams playing. And today, frankly, it looked like two pretty bad teams playing out there, but man, the, the Broncos somehow, the defense really showed some resilience in this game. Whereas against Cleveland, I felt like they were a bit deflated. They were a bit just kind of, they gave up too many big plays. Once again, this game, like you said, Cody, Terry McLaurin, uh, really limited and and the big plays simply weren't there for the Washington football teams in, in terms of uh, you know attacking downfield deep downfield so that was great to see the run defense improvement was great to see obviously really nice to see some sacks get the Broncos you know they filled up the stat sheet a little bit defensively in this game but man the offense 
it's got to be disheartening, you know, when those guys, like we mentioned on last week, one of the episodes that we did, Cody, these leaders on the defense, Von Miller, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, all coming together for this this players meeting. It's got to be frustrating for those guys who have been making plays this season. And then to, to watch the offense just so bad on a week to week basis. I mean, I don't know how they approach what they do. They obviously can only take care of what they can take care of. But there was that one sequence in the game, Cody, that um, that you retweeted my tweet when when it was a, a sequence from the, the Broncos defense. They got a three and out defensively. They get a great stop deep in Washington's territory. Broncos get the ball right back. Kendall Hinton fields the punt at like the 40. And then the offense comes out and, and they get a three and out just immediately. It was immediate. And of course, the defense is going to be tired right after that. So yeah. it's just tough, man. It's really tough for that. And it's tough to see how where this could even go because we can't really speculate. Well, the Broncos, they... They, you know, they played really well against these these bad teams. They've been playing worse and worse every week offensively, it feels like. So it, it's tough to know where they go from here. Yeah, and we're going to get to the bad from the win. I know we touched on some of it just here, Sarah, but there's a lot we need to address about Broncos country, especially a couple of key injuries that have me just saddened right now, man. Completely dejected. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Postgame Report. Our good friends over there at DirecTV. And does this sound familiar to you? You have a login from your mother-in-law law maybe your sister-in-law your buddy down the street if you want to watch movies tv on-demand favorites or even live sports you have several different logins and i'm sure it's a hassle to get through all that well guess what you don't have to go through that anymore today because you have direct tv stream direct tv stream allows you to cut the cord and get access to your favorite movies favorite tv shows on-demand favorites and all the sports action that you need that means no more juggling remotes no more need to buy another device ever again and the best part there is no annual contract you can sign up up today so get rid of the clutter and the confusion by going to directtv.com to see all the details available for direct tv stream today compatible device is required content varies by package all right, Sarah, open up the second half action on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos postgame report. The Broncos back in the win column sitting at 4-4 four and four on the season after a 17-10 home victory against the Washington football team. Diving into some of the bad things, the bad takeaways from the game here. Uh, you know, I don't want to start off with the offense. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But injuries, Sarah, and I tell you what, I don't feel like I've ever seen. I thought last season was bad for the Broncos on the injury side of things, but going in throughout this entire game against Washington, I was sitting there on my floor, hands, up, you know, crossed my arms like this and just kind of dejected, and it really started with Bryce Callahan's injury. He was covering a deep pass, great coverage, by the way, hand on the hip, and his left foot, right before you get to the end zone, had planted, and it hyperextended, Sarah, and when I watched the replay, I just, I put my hands on my head. My fiance was like, What's wrong? I'm like, I'm gutted. I'm like, this is bad because Justin Simmons came over the top and he knew right away he went like this. And, and you just knew mm -hmm. something was wrong with Bryce Callahan. And, and arguably he's been the Broncos' best defender this season. He and PS2 have been that. He's been elite level from a slot defender. And the hyperextension was bad. I mean, everybody came out to the field to kind of surround him and shower him with love and support. But he had to be helped to the locker room. And look, Vic Fangio had said that he doesn't believe that it's bad, bad, which look, I, I don't know how based on, not, on watching that replay, how it's not a bad injury based on how his knee hyperextended reminded me a little bit of my ACL tear. Sarah, I kind of did the same exact thing and it brought me right back to that, but just felt so bad for Bryce Callum because this is his last year and his deal in Denver. And I tell you, he's playing at a level that he deserves a contract extension. So how does this impact him? So not only do the Broncos lose arguably their best cover guy in the secondary, 
Terry and Bryce Callahan undetermined. We don't know the extent of the injury just yet. We know it's a knee. We'll find out more in the next couple of days here. But they also lose Garrett Bowles, who got rolled up on the back of his ankle and after the game was on crutches and in a walking boot. So some things to be concerned about, especially as we approach Dallas Cowboys week here, Sarah. Yeah, it's tough. Those injuries all coming one after another. And then I think obviously he was okay. But then Draymond Jones, it was just a couple plays yeah. later on a field goal. Heard his, I think it was his hand or something like that. So you obviously hate to see that, especially for a guy like Bryce Callahan, like you said, in a contract year definitely somebody who's deserving of another deal but at the same time you know he he's barely been able to play any football if if he's done for the year um, worst case scenario he's basically played one full season's worth in three years in denver which is really tough so yeah you, you hate you do hate to see that because he is so talented he's so good when he's healthy so hopefully you know the tests come back and things look good for him there and, and the same for bulls of course we see a lot of guys a lot of times they'll come they'll, they'll be on crutches or wearing a boot after a game yeah. and 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 they'll be out there you know the next week and remember bulls remember his rookie season cody when he had <sighs> what sounded like a really bad injury and he came out the next game and played against i think it was buffalo yeah. So we know he's a tough dude and he's going to find a way to be out there if at all possible. But it is tough. you hate to see injuries like I think every Broncos victory this year, Cody, has had some sort of some sort of devastating injury involved in it. I can't remember off the top of my head all the specific guys, but I mean, I, I'm sure everyone that's listening could list them off one by one. But it, it's it's getting to the point that it's it's just like, man, what do we got? What do we got to do to get a win and come out unscathed? Yeah, you want to come away from a game feeling clean, right? And and even though the, the Broncos won, as you were alluding to, it didn't. It doesn't feel like a, a victory. It didn't feel very satisfying because obviously when you lose a guy like Bryce Callahan, you potentially lose Garrett Bowles. I mean, it, it's a big blow, I think, to just the morale. And, and you know, it was even bad too, Sarah. As we talk about what was bad, almost twelve thousand no shows at the stadium, and, and I think that's really Broncos country's message of saying, "Hey, what we have seen with the on-field product is simply unacceptable." And, and look, it was a big day too. Peyton Manning's Ring of Fame uh, ceremony, obviously the interview with him getting a statue the, next to the pillar of everybody else, and then obviously the banner at halftime. I mean, that was such a great day, but twelve thousand people nearly didn't show up for it. And I think a lot of it is due to the frustration. Ticket prices were really low for this game too. So there, there's obviously that that I think we have to f- factor in kind of maybe in the long term there. But let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater right now. And Sarah, I put it out here right here. I said the, the way that the Broncos offense is currently playing, this style of offense is not sustainable. And it hasn't been. It isn't, and it hasn't been sustainable for them because you have so much talent with Cortland Sutton. You have Tim Patrick, and these guys aren't getting a lot of targets. Look, Tim Patrick came up big for the Broncos on Sunday, but when you look at Cortland Sutton, only four targets and two catches. He had a couple of big plays, obviously a 31-yard play, really in that first offensive series. But after that, he had a small catch of nine yards, and and the Broncos didn't find a way to get him the ball. And you had Jerry Judy who came back, and we'll talk about Jerry as part of the good things, but – Sarah, simply Teddy Bridgewater's current rate of play right now is not sustainable for this Broncos offense with the talent that they have to have success. And look, Teddy has to play better. Yes, the coaching has to be better too, but it's also on the quarterback. And if you watch the game, you see some of the decisions that he made. And he got lucky that there was one that he airmailed to Noah Fant vertically. Finally, they get him vertical, but he oversells it. The DB drops an interception. And then obviously the next play, he drops that dime. Beautiful pass by Teddy to Cortland Sutton in between two defenders. But it's just like, you know, you get your good with Teddy and then you get your bad. And when the bad is bad, I mean, there, there you go. Go third and long, third and nine. You're going to get a five yard pass, a third and six. You're going to get a three yard pass. 
that's the most frustrating thing. And at this rate, it's not conducive, I think, for Teddy Bridgewater to leave this team if his play continues at the rate that it is. Exactly. You're you're 100% spot on. I mean, the, the fact that the Broncos can't attack the field vertically at this particular point in time is extremely concerning. Even with four victories on the season, four, sitting here at four and four, Cody, just just knowing what we know, you know, we we saw the airmail to Noah Fant that was nearly picked off. We saw the, the pass last week where John Brown was open. I guess last week it was more like 10 days ago or so, but John Brown was wide <laughs> open. Yeah, who's counting? It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, he's wide open deep down the field, and Teddy just underthrows it badly. And we've seen him do that too many times this season. To me, Cody – I'm going to continue to bang the drum that the Broncos need a change at the quarterback position. I know that everyone's like, well, Drew Locke's not going to be any better. You know, Drew Locke, you know, he proved last year that he's not this, he's not that, he's not the other. We know that Drew Locke at least has the arm talent to push the ball downfield. Whether or not he's accurate on a consistent basis, you can't argue that that the results offensively would be any worse now than they would be with Drew Locke. We've seen Teddy Bridgewater with multiple multi-interception games. He hasn't been taking care of the ball. Sure, he's been you know completing a high rate of passes, but they've all been short of the sticks, like you alluded to, Cody, and the Broncos just can't get any sort of rhythm in their passing game. And because of that, teams are just daring them to, to, to throw the ball, and the Broncos continue to try to run against that, and it's not working. So there, there's got to be some kind of change. Either Teddy has to get more aggressive and attack the ball downfield, or the Broncos need to make a switch at QB because it's it's unbearable to watch at this point. I mean, I, I think everybody in Broncos country is in agreement. Look, fans, you should be like in the stadium. Every time there's an incomplete pass, the Broncos at the punt, Shermer gets it. Teddy gets it. And here's the deal. I don't want to sit here and nitpick about Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think that anybody can sit there and watch these games and say, you know what, Teddy Bridgewater is giving this team right now the best chance to win because there's even he in the last four weeks has been faltering to some of those bad decisions that have negatively impacted the team. And yes, I mean, Sarah, I think you make a great point. We have no idea whether or not Drew Locke would be able to elevate it any further. Yes, he's got the arm talent, right? But Who knows, as you mentioned, in terms of inconsistency with accuracy and things like that. But maybe, I mean, maybe maybe inject a little bit of a boost into the offense by having a guy that can throw the ball downfield for guys like Jerry Judy, guys like Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Because the five-yard passes, the six-yard passes, Sarah, defenses are playing these cover four shells, and they're rallying to the short throws, and they're tackling there. So if you can't run the ball, and don't even get me started here on the third and one, I'm going to throw it three yards behind the line of scrimmage to the tailback when you could have ran it. That's also on the play calling too. So I don't want to be too negative here, Sarah. I, I know Broncos country wants to hear the good vibes from the win, and rightfully so. We want to talk about the good stuff. So we're going to do that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor today's episode of the show. It's your good friends over there at Built Bar, and Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. And ladies and gentlemen, both Sarah and myself, we love Built Bar. I love the churro puff. I love the peanut butter brownie. I know that Sarah likes the coconut marshmallow flavor that he had just got in from Built Bar. And you can check out all the amazing flavors at built.com they have tremendous variety and so there's always a flavor for somebody in your household so get you and your family a box today did i also forget to mention that they're the healthiest protein bar on the market well they are 17 grams of protein 130 calories and only four grams of sugar that is tremendous value for something that tastes legitimately like a candy bar doesn't taste like a protein bar tastes like a candy bar so go get yours today at built.com and when you go to checkout make sure you use promo code lock 15 and that's going to get you 15 
15% off your next order today. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at Built.com. And our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. The Broncos have to prepare for the Dallas Cowboys this week as we approach Week 9. Sarah, we are getting that far into the season, and they are back and better than ever with a brand-new web interface that makes it easy for users to find the latest odds, props and contest information all at betonline.ag they're the number one spot for all things pro basketball pro football college football all in one place so you can head to the new website today on your web uh, by going on the website on your computer or using their updated app at betonline.ag and you can sign up today and you can use promo code lockdown and you can get a 50 percent welcome deposit bonus today on your first sign up today betonline.ag once again promo code lockdown gets you that today from basketball football Baseball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline.ag has everything that you need for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Sarah, let's get into the fourth quarter action. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. I just want to say thank you so much to Broncos country for tuning in. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you never miss out. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, let's get into the good here, right? The Broncos win. It's good to have another victory Monday here with Broncos country country we analyze the things that the broncos have to improve on some of the bad things they have to get over in the next couple of weeks here but let's focus on the good here and let's start off here with the run defense it was much better in this game but one thing that stood out to me sarah when the broncos had these two linebackers in baron browning and kenny young the newest acquisition tell you what those guys fly around and it's easy to see why they might overtake justin sternod in fact they did they all got the start over justin sternod who continues to struggle but i i don't want to be too negative on sternod look he has a lot of room to grow as a player he's just not ready yet and that's perfectly fine maybe being able to learn a little bit more and being able to sit behind these guys maybe the broncos can find a complimentary role for him in the meantime but man what were your thoughts on baron browning and kenny young today those guys play fast don't they cody i mean it's great Mm. to see it's great to see that kind of game speed and Baron Browning really impressed me not just with his game speed and his play speed but man he was consistently in the right spot I mean he wasn't out of place he wasn't just winning with athleticism he was out there in the right spot he was out there making the calls he had the green dot as it was pointed out by former Bronco Mark Schlereth on the broadcast so uh, I loved watching those two guys play very aggressive obviously not perfect in coverage against J.D. Yeah. McKissick, one of the best receiving backs <laughs> in the game, but that's to be expected. I mean, he is that, and and he's very underrated in that regard, Cody. I got him in fantasy. The dude, the dude puts up points every single week, but yeah. Uh, but so Kenny Young shouldn't feel bad about getting put on skates. I, I remember that play from the game. That that really stands out. But these guys attack the line of scrimmage, man. They really attack, and, and they play really good in pursuit. So I was impressed. Like you said, the run defense overall was improved, and that was. Frankly, very, very surprising, right? No Mike Purcell, no Von Miller, no Alexander Johnson, no Josie Jewell, and you swapped out your replacement starter at the inside linebacker. Two replacement, Micah Kaiser also out for yeah. this game in addition to Sternod <laughs> being replaced. So Five of the seven. Man, it, exactly, exactly. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? So to see them respond in that way, kudos to the defensive staff getting these guys ready. Kudos to their film study. And and we mentioned it on the or the the crossover episode. David mentioned, Cody, remember that the Washington football team offensive line has been playing well this season and, and winning some of their some of their blocks specifically on the interior. So that was great to see the Broncos come out and play well um, from the first and second level of defense against the run. 
Well, not to mention, too, the, the newest acquisitions. We saw Kenny Young, right? Steven Weatherly had a sack in this game, too, and he's got – reminded me of the old Von Miller goggles back in the day. But I tell you what, it looks like George Payton knows what he's doing. And, and those impact players, they came in right away, and they had an impact, which I don't think you can ask anything more of. But not to mention, too, Shelby Harris continues to impact. He had a half sack in this game. He had two blocked field goals in this matchup. Or I think it was one, and then I think that there, there were questions whether or not he or Draymond had the second mm-hmm. one by Blewett, but just continues to have an impact there. Quarterback hits, Malik Reed coming up big with two sacks. Uh, but even more so, I wanted to focus on the secondary here. Justin Simmons, we talked about his good game. Ronald Darby, I thought, had a pretty good game as well for the Broncos. But let's talk about Patrick Sertan. I tell you what, I can't wait to put the film study together going on a week-by-week basis. He was fantastic. And we saw him in some of that more press man-to-man coverage, something that we talked about we'd like to see him do more of. And he covered Terry McLaurin several times man-to-man, and he had great reps against him i mean his technique is phenomenal he's fun to watch and here we are once again 10 days after the browns game really praising patrick sertan the second and i look i know that there's everybody that's looking at what justin fields did the type of day that he had for chicago bears he had some athletic plays on the ground he only threw for a buck 75 and they still lost the game but you know obviously he's going to transform without Matt Nagy uh, over there in chicago but patrick sertan the second people don't hate on patrick sertan because the broncos didn't go quarterback ps2 is the real deal at cornerback and if you fail to look at that i don't know what you're looking at i mean i i don't know what you're you're choosing to see ps2 fun to watch there and and like i said he gets a game ball from me yeah absolutely cody and he was your defensive player to watch from for this for this week if i remember correctly so big time no pick six this week man Uh, he almost i know almost did do you remember that that screenplay that taylor heineke threw he just yes uh, it was close he did you're right you're right we didn't need neither of us got our defensive touchdowns that we called for but (laughs) it's gonna happen so i i'm very impressed by him cody and i think that pat sertan is one of those guys that you could tell even when he was at alabama you could tell that just the longer this guy is a pro the better he the better and more consistent he's going to get every single week he's just going to continually get better and better and harder to throw against just because he's so smart yeah and he's capable of winning athletically but you rarely see Sertan have to win just purely based on his athleticism right that's why i think at alabama so many people just kind of got bored of scouting him because he he wins before the snap he 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 runs routes for receivers he's constantly right on their hip so I'm impressed by that guy, man. He, he is a stud. He's developed instantly into one of the better players on our entire roster. And, and I can't wait to see Cody. And I hope I'm praying. I'm desperately, desperately praying, Cody, that we get to see this secondary feast with, with both Bradley Chubb and Von Miller healthy because we saw the pass rush under Vic Fangio this season has been very, very good. And it was good last year as well, just in terms of like a distrib- uh, distribution of sacks, right? So it's yeah. not just constantly one guy off the edge, but you're getting Draymond Jones, you're getting Shelby Harris, then you're getting Steven Weatherly, who, by the way, how Von Miller-esque did that feel? Like you mentioned with the goggles, but also he was coming off Von Miller's spot off that left yep. side, strong side, yep. and he just had that perfect dip, man. So it was it was awesome, and I love seeing that. He's I'm going to start calling that guy Horace Grant because he dunked on dunked on all the haters today that were hating on that trade. And, and uh, you know, for those of you who aren't you know 30 plus like me, Cody, it, it's Horace Grant <laughs> was a basketball player in the 90s. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love to see that, and it's great to see some of these defensive players stepping up especially when they needed him to most. The offense wasn't doing its job, and the defense came out, and instead of kind of that bend, don't break mentality, they went out there and they made 
they 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 forced the issue. Yeah, they they went out there and they took it. And, and Justin Simmons said it in his post game presser, he's like, you know, after the offensive turnover, he says it would be easy for people to say, oh my goodness, why do we have to go and be put in this situation again? He's like, look, guys, if you want to win, we got to go win this game. And, and that's exactly why the Broncos paid him. And look, I think Justin Simmons had his best game of the season. He mm-hmm. was really locked in. You love to see it. But you know, really quick before we get off air here, Sarah Broncos obviously victorious. Jerry Judy, Albert Okwebunam made their return, and Jerry Judy, even though that we didn't see as much much as I think we wanted to with a big game. He had a couple of moments there, and he had a really big catch, a third down, 18-yard catch that moved the chains that kept the Broncos' drive alive. I believe it led to one of their scoring drives there. He had that catch in that fourth quarter. Uh, what was it like to see Jerry out there for you? I know he was one of your players to watch. It was awesome. It's so good to see Jerry Judy back out there. And like you said, definitely need a higher volume of targets. But you know what? We can take that kind of week to week, especially because you won the game. It was it was worth having him back for this game. I know I got a lot of scathing reviews, Cody, on Twitter for saying, like, I'm going to be ticked if this guy doesn't play. And it was, yeah. it has nothing to do with the fact that I want him to play injured. I think that that's, it's funny that people assume that that's what I wanted him to do. Is I know you go out there and you play hurt. Now, Jerry got an extra week, Cody. We know that. Yeah, he was sore at practice, but what NFL player at this point in the year is not sore? He made that big that big third down conversion that you alluded to that led ultimately to the Melvin Gordon rushing touchdown late in this game. And, and that was clutch. That was key. And those are the kind of plays that make you wish, man, the Broncos got to attack downfield. You got Jerry freaking Judy on the team. And Albert Okuebenam, I saw some takes on Twitter, Cody. People are calling for, for Albert O over Noah Fant. So, I mean, he, he was making plays, no doubt about it. But I, I think the Broncos have enough. Uh, talent in that offense you just got to distribute the ball you got to get all these guys opportunities and that's where the frustration with Teddy lies yeah no I agree with you and that's something that we'll continue to harp on this week obviously with the NFL trade deadline coming up myself Ross Jackson we're uh, we're gonna have you covered on Tuesday for the NFL trade deadline show from 3 p.m to 5 p.m eastern time on the locked on NFL YouTube channels make sure you tune in on that are the Broncos gonna be buyers or sellers are they gonna make any moves so far I think George Payton has made some good moves with Kenny Young and with Stephen Weatherly it pays off Broncos they're at 500 right now but Broncos country thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode locked on Broncos post-game report victory monday enjoy it embrace it and now it is on to the dallas cowboys this week we'll have you covered with all the broncos news content and coverage all week long here on the lockdown broncos youtube page and on the podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast we have you covered make sure you subscribe follow along so you never miss out speaking for my co-host sarah benninger i'm cody work we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode locked on broncos